This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Rams Talk Podcast preview show. Um, with this week, we're all talking gas and uh, it's uh, the gas podcast uh, guest that I've got with me. I've got Max uh, to talk all things Bristol Rovers from the Gas uh, Cast podcast. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, um, all the better after a positive Easter for for Rovers. So yeah, excited, um, excited for what's left of the season, even if we're not got much to play for. Yeah, well, you've had a much more, uh, I'd say, fruitful Easter weekend than us. <laughs> I mean, we've uh, we've kind of been a hit and miss, but by the looks of it, with your results, you've uh, had a a very good um, Easter weekend uh, for you and your fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no six points from six. Uh, six, yeah, yeah, two games, three, two wins, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been really successful, and it's been a bit strange because we've had um, we've had a month off nearly. Um, we had the original game against Shrewsbury Town postponed because of international call-ups. Um, we had a few under under twenty one internationals, so made the decision to call that game off. And then Plymouth Argyle, um, we had them away from home, and that coincided with their checker trade trophy final mm. the pizza trophy final can't even remember what it's yeah. called these days <laughs> um, the tin pot trophy final um yeah. so we didn't have the, the match with them and then uh, so yeah it was three weeks without a game um coming up against charlton on the friday um and they won six nil last time out so it was a bit like a expecting a, a pasting and actually won quite comfortably one nil and then yeah a 2-1 win away at fleetwood which is which was very satisfying because earlier in the season they uh, they kind of got one over on us in the 90 plus 10th minute uh, at home. So it was nice to get the three points this time. And yeah, six from six, um, all smiles. And yeah, that's uh, hopefully a positive end to the season. Well, it's one of them where you, you kind of alluded to it uh, a little bit. And we'll go into a little bit more detail on how, how, how you came about with those two wins. But I mean, we, we were chatting just before we came about um, the, the way the league is. And, and you think a big break like you had in terms of fixtures, you think... Could that hinder your team in terms of momentum and stuff? Uh, obviously, I don't know the previous re- to these two results how, how the form was, but it was more of a case of with any team, you kind of want games under your belt. And when you've got disruptions and international breaks, it, it can go one or two ways. And obviously, it's it's panned out quite well for you, hasn't it? Yeah, well, we played Aston Villa um, on that first Saturday um, when we were supposed to be playing Plymouth, I believe, uh, or the second mm. Saturday, sorry. 
uh, Aston Villa in a friendly. Uh, and they had a very strong side. I think they only had two players missing. Um, and we won 3-1. So that was quite a positive result. And everyone was showing their fitness levels to be where they needed to be. Um, but then Barton went to Dubai and like three or four of the players were going to like Spain and like all inclusive holidays. And you're thinking if they're already, if they're literally on the beach with, <laughs> with seven, eight games to go, if that just show, that literally shows what they think. You know, why, why should we turn up if they're, if they're going going on, you know, yeah. we can eat um, <laughs> buffets abroad and sitting on the beach and um uh, shows what I know because they came back and they they looked really sharp and really rejuvenated. So I'm now an advocate for mid-season trips to Spain for, for all the squad. <laughs> if it means we're going to get wins, but um, no, it could have gone two ways. You know, like I said, Charlton off the back of a six-nil win against Shrewsbury, I was kind of fearing the worst, but they were quite toothless. I thought when we played them, um, I guess it just shows this stage of the season. Teams like Charlton and ourselves, um, Fleetwood yeah, as well, who we who we beat. No, neither. None of those three sides are going up or down. Um, players are playing for contracts. There's just a lot of inconsistency. And even ourselves, before this two two wins, we, we were winning and losing. I think we lost two on the bounce before to Wickham and Portsmouth. But before that, we we won. Um, we won. So it's like it's just up and down, and um, that's kind of to be expected. I think you know when you, you come up against some teams who are playing for nothing, and some teams who are playing for everything. So mm-hmm. um, when yeah. you yourselves haven't got much, it's just kind of for pride and for development and for for planning for the future and for individual contracts. So um, yeah, it's it's the nature of it, and you know I, I think from our perspective, it's just not to overreact to any results. It's two wins, but not going to get carried away and say, well, we're going to be playoffs next season because there's obviously a lot of work to do. But um, I think, yeah, for us, the last seven games we've got left and we've got two games in hand on a lot of teams around us, I'd like us to try and finish in that top half if we can. Um, That would be a really positive, positive end to the season. Well, yeah, you, I mean, it's, there's no harm in being positive about it. I mean, you look at um, Rover's position in the table, they said quite slotted in that middle pack in 14th, uh, currently with 14 wins, nine draws and 16 defeats. It's kind of, as you say, um, that inconsistency in terms of results where that, that puts you in that middle pack. But, I mean, you're beating the teams around you. You beat Fleetwood and Charlton who are in there at the weekend. I mean, what would you say overall this season um, in terms of has been that inconsistency uh, and brought up that inconsistency in terms of the team, um, that, which has kind of put you in there. Cause I say you've, you've beaten teams um, in and around you. It's, it might, is it just the teams up and in that top half that you've just not managed to get the results over. That's kind of just put you in that, that middle pack. I wouldn't even say that. No, I, I would say it's quite the opposite. We, we t- tend to raise our game against the better teams. Um, it's it's quite strange. Like um, we had a really great run up until Christmas. I think we were three points outside the playoffs at Christmas time, going into New Year's. We won on New Year's Day against Cheltenham, um, and I think we we came up to about ninth or eighth, tenth or ninth in the table, and things were really positive. Aaron Collins was on fire. Um, we kept hold of him in January. In January, we added a few additions, um, and it was kind of like let's just see what we can do for the rest of the season. Mm. But um, we had some really poor results. Morecambe, who were second bottom, we lost 5-1 at their place. Um, MK Dons, we lost 2-0 at home to. Burton, we lost 2-1 at home to. They're bottom of the league. Um, oh, sorry, no, they're not bottom of the league. They were bottom of the league. Um, at the time, we were playing them. Um, Accrington Stanley, who were down there, we lost 2-0 to. Um, so it's it was really kind of frustrating Um that these teams down at the bottom who you do want to be getting those results to, we just lost. We're on this really mm. poor run from 
um, middle of January to probably about start of March. And it was only from there we started to turn around what was a pretty poor run. I think we lost, I think we lost seven in a row in all competitions and five five in a row in the league. And when that happens, it kind of just destabilizes the whole season and kind of shakes you up a bit. You have to go back to basics to try and stop the rot, um, which we did, and we have turned it around. We got a good three 0 win at Oxford, and then we got some some home wins and those two wins over Easter. But um, yeah, I think the inconsistency isn't necessarily down to coming up against. There are obviously teams who are miles ahead of us, but I think it's just the fact that we have such a young squad. Um, mm, it is such yeah. a young team, and especially in defence. Um, I don't think that I think the most senior player in defence is around 23 years old. So um, <laughs> it's a very young backline, and um, they've done pretty well on on the on the whole on mm. overall. And if we finish in the top half with a defence that young and we keep a hold of all of them for next season, it's only going to benefit us. But I would say that's probably the key reason um, because I think in attack, we've got some really talented players. How's the, how's the home form and the away form kind of um, gone this season? I mean, most teams with a younger back line probably perform a little bit better, you'd say, um, at home, obviously with the, the home crowd behind them as opposed to going away to some teams in the league. I mean, as that kind of panned the way it has uh, this season. Um, I mean, you came to us um, back in October. Uh, obviously, we got a 4-2 win in a very <laughs> one half of game of football with six goals in that first half and then the, nothing in the second. But, I mean, um, how how has, how has Rovers done um, home and away? Obviously, now we're coming to you guys uh, this weekend. Well, our home form has been pretty poor. We've, got, we've played 20 and we've got six wins, six draws and eight defeats. Um, if if you just did the league table on the home table, we'd be twentieth out of twenty four. Mm. But the away table, um, yeah, we've we've actually won more away than we have at home. We've played nineteen, won eight, drawn three, and lost eight. So that would be tenth in the away league table. So much better away from home. Um, yeah, and a lot of those away wins have been against teams in the bottom half. So we were able to do it at their place. But when it came to you know doing it at the Memorial Stadium, um, we've we've let ourselves down and. Um, I don't necessarily think you know that's that's the crowd or the atmosphere's fault. I think that's been a big factor in kind in terms of like the success of last season and the promotion from last season. The fans hugely behind that team, and we have been this season. But I think it's probably maybe a little bit of a the hangover from the promotion. Like I said, the young players in there as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I think Barton is a little bit hot and cold on his tactics sometimes. Um, we're sticking with some questionable decisions he made the decision to bench our player of the year and goalkeeper James Belshaw um try and replace him in January with a with Ellery Balcom on loan from Brentford um who was in goal for I think six of the seven defeats in a row um that we mm. were in and then uh soon as Belshaw comes back in we win 3-0 so I think Barton can sometimes his stubbornness and his his direct and aggressive way of man managing can sometimes blow up in his face um, but it can also yeah. get great results because he can really, you know, drive some players on. Um, and I think that's probably a factor of the inconsistency as well. I think when he's got a full dressing room of players who are fully on board and who fully buy into what he's doing and he can get through to all of them, then as he did last season, then that's kind of when the consistency is going to come. But for now, I think, you know, there are some players who he's, he's trying to just kind of get over his ethos to them and some of them either are on loan and they're not really invested long term or some of them are a bit older and they're not really buying into kind of his um blood and thunder kind of approach um but mm. he just needs to kind of try and either settle himself down or try and get across his message to some of these players because 
um, that's probably one of the reasons that we've been inconsistent. Well, when you look at um, m- m- most teams with regards to managerial um, positions and, and going kind of, like you said, that stubbornness could have, can impact some players' forms. And obviously, like I said, if he's benching your, your ex-player seeing James Bolshaw, I mean, I remember him when uh, I'm Tamworth-based and I remember him back when he in the Tamworth days uh, in, the non-league, in the non-league before he got his football league moves and stuff and he was cracking then. So if he's benching players like him and you've got players like Aaron Collins, uh, your top goal scorer, who's at the other end, um, who's then getting those positive effects f- from his decisions. I mean, how do Bristol Rovers fans kind of how have they taken to Joey Barton since he's come in and, and are they behind him, would you say, this season being, like you said, kind of an inconsistent season in the middle of the pack? I think you've got two big camps and that's those who absolutely love him um, and like they think he's proper no-nonsense, mm. straight to the point, um, does exactly what he says on the tin um, and is a bit, of a, a bit of a character and that appeals to a large period of the fan but a large portion of the fan base and then you've probably got the other half who don't like him at all wind him mm. up um don't buy into what he says um but can tolerate it so long as the results are good yeah um and the minute the results start to go bad as they did when we lost seven in a row um it can be quite hard to stomach his post-match <laughs> comments because yeah. it's just like there there are some get and we've said on the podcast before like you know he does the opposition team talk for them sometimes um, like before the before the Burton game, he was saying they don't play football, they're no good, um, they're down near the bottom, and we're going to give them a footballing lesson. And you know, you can just imagine um, Burton staff just printing that out and putting it on the dressing room walls. And they mm. come to our place and win two one, and all, all their Twitter admins are po- like <laughs> mocking us, and you know, <laughs> compilation videos of yeah. Barton's comments over. And it's just like. He does say something in the post match, and you're just like, "Man, just shut up! Just don't say that." <laughs> just, I just wish he would just not say some things that he says. Um, yeah. But then, but then he'll go, he'll go on a, a really good streak of wins, and um, and then he says some things, and it's just like, "I really want to like yeah, you. Why? I really do yeah. want to like you." Sometimes, <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm probably in that latter camp that he does. He's not really to my tastes, but I appreciate okay. it as a manager, he is. Um, he's pretty good. Um, I really like his four-three-three, and in particular mm. how he develops young players. Um, he is a bit stubborn at times, and like I say, um, I think he's an intense, high-stake manager. And the problem with that is when you've got the players on edge like that, p- trying to push them to their edge, um, it's kind of a little bit unsustainable at times because eventually someone's going to you know tip over, or it's big, you're going to get a mental break, and or a player's going to snap and think, oh, "I don't deserve this kind of treatment." Um, if it, if it is just you know so intense all the time and um if you're not to that standards you do get bollocked publicly he throws players under the bus in post-match interviews all the time um if they're not to the level and that can sometimes work it can sometimes not um mm. but um on the whole it has been a net positive the promotion last season was fantastic um we went on an incredible run and if we've you know it's been a it's been a good season in league one um we've built we've developed and we've progressed and if we can finish top half, it'll be one of our best uh, finishes to a season in a long time. So um, overall, pretty positive. Um, I keep saying I hope he'll settle down as he ages, but uh, as, as a manager, but he, he seems to be uh, too contrary to that quite often. But um, I think so long as he can continue to keep his nose clean um, and not 
explode and have a complete meltdown, mm. I think we'll be fine because he is there's a good manager in there. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I was about to say, look, just like listening to you there. So I was, I was going to ask you uh, the, the question: Which camp do you fall do you fall in uh, <laughs> out of the two? And as I say, I think it's kind of with with most managers. As I say we've got the, the, the situation at the moment where Paul Warren, um, as I say, is off the pitch. Is probably one of the most liked guys in in football. But as I say, with certain inconsistencies, it has got a couple of heads turning with a few fans. Not me personally, but a few fans are looking at him going. Is he up to it? But he has got the track record behind him in terms of the this success came out of this division. So it's a case of you've got to stick with it and, and go from there. And it's the same with Joey Barton uh, in that sense where he probably does come out with some outlandish um, comments that does probably uh, put himself in um, like, put him in the mires a little bit. But if he gets the results as he has over the weekends, some part of the fan base probably do get on, uh, get on the bandwagon then, don't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I say, if the results are good, then you can kind of stomach the the unnecessary comments and and off, you know, dressing romantics, so to speak. Um, but like when you do on a losing streak, it does become a little bit tiresome. And Fleetwood mm. fan, Fleetwood Town fans will probably tell you the same. And that's towards the end of his reign there. I think they just they just got sick of him. A lot of them. But uh, while the results are good, it, it is quite easy. He is quite infectious with some of what he says and. Um, you can watch some of his videos on YouTube of of him getting the Fleetwood Fleetwood when he's talking to the Fleetwood dressing room before they played Sunderland and he was like, the Wolves are at the, the gate, this is it, this is our home, we have to defend. It's just like, you'd yeah. love to be a fly on a wall sometimes with the team talks because I've spoken to staff around the place and they just say, when he gives a team talk and he properly gets them up for it, it's like, wow, you know, he's, he's very poetic and um, mm. a wordsmith in that regard. Um, just wish he'd kind of maybe not be so um, black and white sometimes and be, be a little more comprom- <laughs> compromisable. But um, yeah, so long as the results are good and I'm optimistic for next season, I am positive and I'm on board with him. But, you know, I've, I'm not um, I'm not fully, you know, sometimes <laughs> I do wish that we did just have a more uh, textbook. Straight manager. and narrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's some things we talk about in the podcast. And it's like, why do we even... Why is this even a discussion point? How are we in this situation? Um, but you know, overall, he's he's a good manager, and I'm I'm positive. I think for next year and yeah. and, and how we can progress under him. Well, you mentioned slightly briefly there. We'll go we'll go in just to a little bit of detail. You mentioned four three three is his, his favorite choice of formation and and uh, leading your your 
your line in terms of goal scoring, probably not in, in terms of the formation, is Aaron Collins with, with um, I've got it down here, from reliable sources on the internet, uh, 15 goals um, and 11 assists. Um, I mean, is he the talisman that Derby fans um, need to watch out for going into the, the weekend's game? Or is there any, a couple of others that you might want to uh, talk about um, and for Derby fans to keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Collins... A terrific player. He's he's been red hot this season. He's gone off the boil a little bit in the last month, um, but he has got that quality in him. He's kind of playing on the left and the four three three at the minute with um, John Marquis at, through the middle and Anthony Evans on the right. Um, we have been switching it up a bit. Sometimes Scott Sinclair will play on the left and Collins on the right, um, depending on the opposition. Um, and that's generally how it's shaped up over the over the over the last uh, few games. We play four three three, but it's kind of like um, that front. It's almost like a front four with a diamond. So the, the attacking mm. midfielder in the three um, is kind of like the pivot um, for the three forwards. They're always kind of playing one twos off of whoever's playing there. And sometimes it's Sam Finley, and sometimes more recently it's been Grant Ward, who we brought in in January. Um, he's just a really classy player, Grant Ward. Just really. Seven out of ten every week. Um, mm. Does the simple stuff really well. Scored a, scored the winner against Fleetwood with a with a looping cross that just went straight over the keeper's head. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been a breath of fresh air. I think ones to watch out for. I'd probably say um, Lamar Bogard, who we've got on loan from Aston Villa, He's playing defensive midfield, uh, Belgian youth international. Um, he is just yeah, he's such a tenacious ball winner, um, and he loves as soon as he wins it, he's a proper win the ball, carry the ball release the ball player and that, that it just starts attacks um, out mm. of nothing. Um, and he's like really great to watch. I've been really impressed with him and I'm hoping because um, he hasn't exactly lit the league alight and it's only been since January we've had him on loan that we can potentially get him on loan again for the full season next year. Um, mm. Hoping that Aston Villa don't think he's ready to progress to a, to a bigger team just yet. Um, I think in defence, one to watch um, both fullbacks actually. Um, Luca Hall, who's our uh, come through the youth academy and plays for Wales under 21s. Um, he's, he was kind of came into the run in last season, League Two, and looked really good and played most of the games towards the tail end of last season when we got promoted. This season, he's kind of looked been in a bit in out of the side, but over the last two months, he looks like he's just turned from a boy to a man, and he just looks so much better as a right back. Um, always available out wide, real good trickery as well. Um, really skillful player, um, and then Lewis Gordon at left back as well, 21. Signed him from Brentford. Um, looked a bit shaky earlier in the season, particularly against the bigger teams, but he's really developed um, again since Christmas. And yeah, he's he's been a really good wide option. We're almost playing, um, because it's like three forwards, it's quite narrow up front. The fullbacks get yeah. so high, um, but it doesn't ever look like we, we're we lacking at the back. Usually when one of the fullbacks bombs on, one of the three centre mids kind of slots in at fullback to kind of cover. And it's just really good and fluid. Um, and I'd say, yeah, definitely watch out for both fullbacks. Um, Grant Ward in the middle, and then yeah, Collins out wide as well. Well, when you look at um, the, the the game itself, uh, I mean, where do you see um, from your point of view um, where you could exploit um, Derby and the way you play with the, the thing that probably keeps you uh, within the game? And said it's going to be a, a difficult away game for for the Rams uh, when you go. To anywhere in League One um, this season, we've we've seen. Um, I mean, firsthand. Uh, what would you say is that that uh, key nugget that might be able to get you the results, or at least get um, a win or a draw? Definitely frustrating the team wherever we can. Um, I think defensively now, 
we do look so much more solid than we did earlier in the season. Obviously, we shipped three goals in, I think, 18 minutes to you earlier in the season. Um, <laughs> something, something ridiculous. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, very frustrating because I think we were going into that away game saying, whatever you do, don't concede early. And then we're 3-0 down on 25 <laughs> minutes or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> just trying to scramble any kind of result. <laughs> so I, I think we've definitely improved in that regard since, I think, in f- February onwards, we held Ipswich to a nil-nil at our place, Barnsley to a nil-nil. You know, they're third and fourth in the league. Um, and what we did there was basically um, just set up the low block, um, but also keep Collins um, quite high and uh, Sinclair out wide and the fullbacks quite wide. Um, and then just rely on the ball winners in the middle, Finley and Bogard, when they do win it, to just drive and counter, um, which we seem quite happy to do at home against the bigger teams. It's worked a lot more recently. Um, mm. Even Charlton, who dominated possession on Easter Friday, um, they didn't really couldn't really do much with it because we were so solid at the back, um, particularly since Belshaw's come back in goal and Lewis Gibson's come back from injury at centre-back. Um, we've looked so solid, won the ball, and then just the driving and counter-attacks have been really great to see. Um, so we're capable of mixing it up because against um, sides like Fleetwood, we just dominated possession and we did our chance creation through the traditional methods. But the counter-attacking, almost Mourinho-esque, not quite mm. part of the bus, but <laughs> just the speed of counter-attack um, has been pretty good, particularly when you can frustrate the opposition. You can get to half-time nil-nil um, and then just uh, hopefully some of, some of the opposition players start to get a bit agitated you can mm. kind of exploit that frustration particularly with the skillful players we've got up front so I would say that's where, where Derby Derby County fans need to kind of watch out Well I mean uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit as we'll I'll bring the, the pod to a close I mean if, are you going at the weekend? I'm actually not. I'm going to London for my dad's 60th birthday, so I'm, I'm actually keeping unable an to make it. Open. <laughs> yeah, I will be keeping an eye, but um, unfortunately not able to make this one. But um, oh no. Uh, so what were you if, if you uh, were going to put a, a, a little bit of uh, a betting on it? What would you what would you put the result in? And if you were going to get a goal and get a result, who would you put that to? If I was actually going to put a bet on a result, I bet on nil nil. Um, okay. I just I just think the team, the big teams who have come, the high up teams, Ipswich and Barnsley. Um, mm. we've really frustrated, um, even got to the point where we're not even really looking to create, just trying to, um, just hold off and frustrate. And that's something we've become quite good at. Um, so long as we don't concede early, I think that's probably <laughs> going to be the game plan just to hit on the counter where we can. Um, and I think it's kind of le- leads itself to nil, nil. Mm. Um, I think, you know, Derby will be a bit frustrated after the, the draw with MK Dons, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can exploit that again. So I'd say nil-nil if I would bet on a result. If I was going to bet on a goal scorer, I would definitely bet on David McGoldrick uh, after his hat trick in the previous <laughs> in the previous fixture against us, and he's you know seems in good form still. Um, so yeah, you know, give him a half chance. He'll usually put it away uh, with his quality. So if I would bet on a goal scorer, it would probably be David McGoldrick first goal scorer. But I think if we're one 0 down, we'd probably open mm. the game up a bit more would push forward and if, if there was anyone to score for us i do back the odds wouldn't be great on him because it's aaron collins and he's our top goal scorer <laughs> but he's not scored in i think probably a month and a half and he's, mm. he's really hung he's looking really hungry for a goal so I, I, i'm kind of thinking he'll get one in the next game or two to get back on track well i mean a nil nil result is 
quite the opposite to the four-two uh, result that we had. <laughs> in the opposite. Yeah. So, uh, so no. So fans are going down uh, and uh, obviously watching the game uh, this weekend. Uh, not us, unfortunately, but uh, if you are going, um, let's hope for a, a good game either way. Um, Max, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, I mean, if Derby fans were going to find somewhere uh, prior to the game to go to, would you recommend anywhere down there? Um, yeah, there's a few good, a few good places on Gloucester Road. So. Um, Gloucester Road's this huge long street that goes all the way down into the centre of Bristol uh, with the Memorial Stadium at the top of it. And there's just there's so many different places to eat and drink and um, mm. you won't be short of anywhere. Um, dozens of pubs, most welcome away fans. So you'll be fine. Basically, you'll have your pick of whatever takes your fancy in terms of vibe and, and food and drink. So I think you, you guys would be fine. But I would definitely say check out the fan zone nearer the ground. Mm. So in the actual um, area, in the, in the actual ground uh, itself, um, we've got, it used to be a car park that's just been, uh, you know, kind of decked out with like yeah. Jamaican chicken and um, got this amazing, loads of amazing different foods. Like, um, yeah, it's got there's all sorts and uh, it's it's really great and good vibe as well. A bit of live music and fans are generally friendly. So um, if you do want to go and have a conversation, you know, with some opposition fans, I'd definitely say check out the fan zone. Everyone there's uh, really nice and just chill. So would definitely recommend that and yeah hopefully enjoy your enjoy your trip well that's max's recommendations and uh if anyone wants to listen to uh, max and the team uh, at the gas uh cast podcast how can you find yourselves uh on uh, on everywhere most nowadays yeah we're on we're on spotify and itunes so just type in Gascast and you'll find us um we're on twitter at Gascast podcast um and that's pretty much it yeah we kind of uh that's where you can find us <laughs> mostly everywhere nowadays isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much brilliant a, a pleasure having you on mate and uh, yeah, as thanks I say, so much. Uh, all the best for the weekend thanks very much take care the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds however When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.